All right. It's that time. It's time for Beyond Sight and Sound. Let's do this. for a high quality beach and sand scoop? Are you trying to take your hunting to the extreme? How about an American based company that stands behind their product and everything they sell? Then check out our friends over at Extreme Scoops. John has been making scoops for some time now and makes a quality beach and sand scoop to take your hunting to the next level. Extreme Scoops recently released their new sand shredder that works great in the water and on the beach. And if you're a new Equinox user, you may want to check out his Surfmaster X3 that can trap those small targets you new Equinox users are finding out there. Extreme Scoops Company Approach is let's do it right. So do it right, buy it once, and go to the extreme. Extremescoops.com That's X-T-R-E-M-E scoops.com Hey boys and girls, we are going to talk about S&W Shooters and Prospectors. What is S&W Shooters and Prospectors? We at S&W Shooters and Prospectors help people find treasure. Did you say treasure? Yes, treasure. Just listen to this amazing review from our happy customer, Jackie Sparrow. Chocolate ship shape and a pleasure to deal with. I was able to buy everything that I needed at prices that were shillings less than others. I found my nine pieces of eight in no time. Savvy? I know you're asking yourself, why should I shop at S&W Shooter and Prospectors? Chuck Smalley has over 45 years of metal detecting experience. He works with each customer one-on-one to customize their setup to match their skill level. So if you always dreamt of being a pirate, contact Chuck at S&W Shooter and Prospectors and he'll take a great deal for you. I pass rum, not included. Caution. Please do not operate motor vehicles or power equipment while under the influence of this show. Listening to this show could cause side effects such as bouts of laughter, 
violent binges of cabin fever, and even dreams of silver and gold. Please be advised. Now that the fine print is out of the way, on with the show. All right, we're back. We're live once again. You are listening to Beyond Sight and Sound, metal detecting and treasure hunting radio for all the really cool digging people out there. I see Ian's in, the Bills are in, Dennis is in, uh, Mike from Metal Detecting Central Illinois, welcome aboard. The Bills, obviously, and Tim, Ill Digger, I see that, um, there's Barb. Tim happened to ask, how is it that you can beat the host into the chat? Well, ah... Maybe, I don't know, maybe Tim hasn't heard the uh, joke about the in-studio cam. He's just that good, though. Definitely. And he was certainly enjoying himself. Welcome to uh, Lewis coming in from Vancouver. I can't remember if the uh, wildfires there were... If if the wildfires in Canada were the way things were, uh, whether or not that was affecting Lewis's area much or not, but uh, keeping everyone in our thoughts. And Celeste is in. Happy birthday, Celeste. Again. <laughs> nice to see Celeste in. So, and uh, speaking of wildfires, uh, maybe we'll we'll get into that a little bit in the show. I'm sure that uh, Chuck's been following it, and he can possibly provide some some insight and maybe even some updates on um, on Maui. Um. It's, it's been, it's a real mess out there, uh, for Maui. And, uh, it's been a real mess out there in Maui, and we hope that things are going well, uh, as well as can be. I mean, obviously, it's it's a it's a tragedy. It's a it's a natural disaster. But at the same time, it's it's also kind of ironic that you're on an island and it's burning down and you can't put the fire out. I don't know. Not real sure. Not real sure. Hmm. Well, then we see the, um, hmm. as everyone is referring to them, TUD, welcome aboard. Hmm. Not sure, not sure. Uh, and obviously, with the fires, comes smoke. You know, 
where there's smoke, there's fire. So, welcome to Paul. Hmm. I don't know. Still, 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 uh, still looking through here, trying to catch up with the chat. Uh, and they, uh, the wildfires, man, I, I'll tell you what, it's, it's terrible. Uh, there are a number of states that are at high risk for wildfires this season. And obviously, as everyone knows, the, um, the wildfires in Canada are the worst in history. In Canada's history. So, we see that it uh, looks like everybody's caught up with all the birthday wishes. Links in the chat and the description. First and foremost, our friends over at Shooters and Prospectors, AIP, Extreme Scoops, Detectees, The Ring Finders, Note the website, Mine Lab Manicore, Update Link, Terry Shannon's website, Midwest Refineries website. We've also got Crazy Spider Adventures, Ohio Metal Detecting, Detect Head Outdoors, All Metal Militia, Ill Digger, Hopper Hoodlum, and Quarter Hoarder, all on YouTube. We've got uh, Metal Detecting Central Illinois, Metal Detecting Beyond Sight and Sound, Illinois, Iowa Treasure Hunters, The Relic Hunters, Detected Outdoors, All Metal Militia, and Detect America, all on Facebook. You can catch Frank, Steve, and Third Personality, Mondays, 8 p.m. Eastern, Multicasting, Facebook, YouTube, Shelly, and Dawn with Can You Dig It, Thursdays, 7 p.m., I guess. And uh, that should cover everything. So, looks like we've even got Chuck in with us. How is it going, Chuck? Welcome to Frank in the Chat. Hey, Frank. How you doing out there? Hey, Josh. Hey, everybody. Again, happy birthday there, Celeste. And uh, everyone out there that may be quietly celebrating a birthday and don't want to tell us. <laughs> Right, yeah. Some of us don't want to mention those sorts of things, and it's kind of funny, looking through the chat, I can almost kind of imagine who's tuning in from their cell phone and trying to access the chat, who's tuning in from the computer and accessing the chat, and those of us that need our vision checked. <laughs> yeah, we've got some, uh, I see Ryan's in the house. Hey, Ryan, how you doing? The unknown hey. detectorist asking, does anyone use white detectors? Well, I did in the past. Um, A few kinda, of us have. They've yeah. kind of fallen to the wayside, but the uh, TRX pinpointer is still a very capable pinpointer. Yes, if you can find one. Yes, Yeah. if that's you can the problem find with one. That. Uh, it's yeah. just like trying to find coils for e-tracks. Yeah, I hear that's that's kind of rough too. And yeah, well, I'd... a friend of mine located one. He come out. I let him use a a nine hundred. He doesn't like it because the coil wire is exposed. He wants it like the e-track he uses. He's worn out. I don't know how many coils, but he did locate one and got one coming. And. Uh, uh, a coil. Right. So, 
Yeah. I've still old e track. I've sold my Sun Ray for the e track, but I do still have a couple of e track coils. But uh, I don't know. I may want to keep a hold of them for the time being. I think I've yeah. still got a. Uh, I think I've still got a stock eleven machine. Some of the earlier, not the earlier, but the, the mid-range whites are still popular. I still see guys out there. Uh, one that's in constant demand if you're on the east, eastern seaboard and doing relics is that old blue and gray that white's made, mm-hmm. and um, that was a relic machine. And the relic hunters out there still love them. And if you're the right type of beach hunter, I see Frank going on in the chat. There's a lot of people that still love those watts. Yep. Yes, they do. They're good coils, too. I still got a stock 11 for an E-Track and I think a 6x8 SEF Butterfly. Well, I, I gave up my stock 11 to this guy three years ago as a spare one. And he bought it and used it, and all of a sudden it quit just the other day on him. So, you know, he started getting into 12, 13, 14-year-old machines. And things yeah, it out. starts to get tough to find parts. I I don't know. I It's possible that Fix My Detector is still around the website and i don't know if he would have any uh, old stock tracker no uh, splanty michigan and they had some new old stock my lab coils over at sirius so he was able to round one up there oh nice he ought to be very happy then yes so he's back in business he didn't like the 900 because the wire is he says it's a good machine and da da but the wire's exposed and I said, that's why you got tie wraps. You wrap it in nice and tight, and you go out in the corn stalks. He likes to field on it. And he said, well, why don't they bury those wires up the shaft anymore? I said, well, there's there's several reasons. Number one, the shaft and everything has to be a little larger. They're trying to trim weight, and that's part of the reason why they don't do it. And also, they found people pulling and tugging and connectors getting hung up and things like that because people just didn't do it right right and eventually those cables uh, the the stress on the internal wires of the cables they were starting to lose connection too yes so anyway you can still scrape up a few things the uh the ctx was the same way having the the coil cable up the shaft instead of around the shaft and I lost an 11-inch coil from that. Ooh. And Lewis is asking, do aftermarket coil companies make coils for the mine lab? Yeah, Yes, coil they tech. do. Coil, coil tech, tech is the biggest And one. Nell makes some mm-hmm. for the older mine labs. For the older ones, yeah. And, and uh, for uh, the older ones, the SEFs, they, they were around and popular there for a while. But... As uh, the old not as uh, the radar, they stopped making them because the the sales volume is down to nothing. Right, DTEC DTEC was another one that did aftermarket coils for some of the mine labs. I ran a um, actually, I think that was on the E track. I ran an Ultimate Thirteen. 
So those were good coils, too. And those were actually, uh, I want to say, hand-wound, just like Coil Tech. And they were based out of, uh, Frank will correct me if I'm wrong, I want to say the uh, location that jumps to mind right off the top of my head is Bulgaria. Yes. But they they were good coil. They were good coil. And they were popular with the Whites machines, too. Yep, and Coiltex is about the next-door neighbor to Mine Lab's main office in Adelaide, Australia. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why when people talk aftermarket coils for Mine Lab, that's the first name that comes to mind because they normally had the uh, uh, the authorization, I guess you could say the permission to do right. those coils because a lot of those coils were were chipped coils. So yep. they had they to made, have that uh, proprietary technology. They made the first three frequency coil, Coil Tech did, for the 705. Uh-huh. You could run all three frequencies through that unit, that coil. Just yep. had it go through and reprogram. So they had a multi-frequency coil for the 705. Yeah. And their okay. uh, 10x5 elliptical, that, that for the uh, CTX, that, that was a good little shooter coil. Yeah, it was. And you got almost as much depth as you would with the stock coil. Great. No, I don't have any of the new Naka coils. They got a little bit of them in, and there's so few that went out or was available. They're waiting on more. Uh, the Manicore coils, I do not have the new ones for that. The spares. And speaking of a Manicore coil. Oh, man- here we go. Yeah, I broke a Manicore out, put it together, charged it up, played around with it, went out, detected briefly with it, didn't check anything, went out. And I went hunting over in, in, in a spot over in Clinton, and then came we came across this one spot, and we did rather well there, and I was using the 900, and found a silver dollar. Since then, I've got a walker, uh, some other stuff from that general area there, lots of Indian head pennies, all with the 900. I decided I'm going to take that manicure over there. And... Not too much was found. So I come home, and I was thinking about it, and I started testing the Manicore coil. And in Parks 1, standard setting, I swing it up, 1890 silver dollar over it, it wouldn't hit it. So I put it down, I mess with it, wouldn't hit it. Put a large cop- copper one ounce down, wouldn't pick it up. Wouldn't pick up a quarter, wouldn't pick up a half. And I'm like, hmm. So I'm switching through all the modes. Hunting patterns. And I get the high conductors, it hits it. But only in high conductors. And so that I'm should really, thinking, pieces hmm. like that, it should hit in any mode. Yeah. And I'm like, what is going on with this thing? So I'm looking to make sure I don't have something set wrong. I'm not thinking a coil. Something set up wrong, something. Right. Brand new out of the box, up. you wouldn't think. It yeah. happens. So I but called. You think. I called Frank. I said, Frank. 
Bring your manicure. You ever test your manicure on a silver dollar? No. He said, no, he never had. He said, I'll get back to you. I'll try it. Well, he tried it. It hit it. But it didn't hit it hard. And he'd had trouble with a large copper. And so I got checking. I made a phone call, got hold of their site, talked with one of the guys out at the repair center. He said, could it be your coil? I don't know. So not having extra coils I could test with, I got a hold of Frank Juarez. He came over, we swapped coils, worked like a champ, hit everywhere, hit everything. So I had a bad coil out of the box on a manicure. So anybody out there with your manicure, just for the giggles tomorrow, checking on a silver dollar, half and a quarter. And I wonder, because D.A. Frank had had issues with it hitting a, uh, I believe it was KG Copper. He had to get the settings just right to hit it. Now I'm starting to wonder, was it the setting or was it the coil? He's still talking about it. Six inches is all he gets out of it with the manicure. Now, when I used it with Frank Juarez's coil on there, I was pinging that thing at about 14 inches on silver dollar. Hmm. Frank saying six is all he's getting out of the manicure, drops sensitivity to 17, and it's gone. Sounds so like maybe to... Frank should be checking in and seeing if his coil is That's bad. a possibility. So I'm just telling people, look, I talk with Debbie. There is no known batch of them out there coming in bad or anything, but you might want to check them. Well, and and, it does happen. And I like we've said before. brand new NACA. Yeah, like we've said before. You know, factories do what they can. The manufacturers do what they can to keep the quality control up, but that doesn't mean that a a flaky unit doesn't make it out from time right. to time. So just, you know, it's always... We all get in a hurry. We put them together, run outside. We're going to try them. Well, check them out a little bit. Take in, and, and I, I have a test garden. I ran it over there specifically. Uh, it's over at R and R, and it's a good one. I've got Ike dollars and halves and things in the ground, and it wouldn't hit the Standing Liberty quarter, the Silver Washington quarter. It didn't hit a half that I've got in the ground over there. And these are all between six to eight inches deep. And the Ike dollar, it didn't pick it up at all. But that's, I, I've got that 10 inches. Right. So, yeah, something was goofy. Now, it hit the Silver Dimes. It hit the Indian Ed Pennies, the Buffalo Nickels. I don't know quite how to explain that, but it wouldn't hit anything in the large size. <laughs> Ohio Relic Hunter says Monday Friday coil. <laughs> yeah, Monday Friday coil. You got it. And um, so just check them out. You know, several of you on here have bought them from me and others using them. Check it out. Just check your coil out. That's all I'm saying. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I've I've been over a couple of small spots with the Manicore and haven't really found much to speak of. But, to be fair, those areas have been very, 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 very heavily worked over. Hammered. So I'm, I'm not expecting, you know, 
half dozen silver coins out of the spot or anything, but that that does make me kind of wonder. Maybe I should grab a couple of coins out of the uh, display case. Just putting it out there, and if you do have a problem, and if you do have a weakness in it, you may want to contact them. I, you know, and right. warn you. Right. Because that machine should be an absolute beast in the field. And I had even voiced some concern when Frank had mentioned the KG that, hmm, this, right. this seems kind of strange because this thing should be a beast in the field. It is going, and I still say it's going to be a killer machine when people tweak it and tune it to their environment. So he should be getting more than six inches out of that. I'd say, yeah. So... It could be he's got a flaky coil, too. And if he does, I'm sure he'll uh, he'll give some feedback on that about uh, what he finds out and the differences that it makes if he does have to get the coil switched. Right. And it will be interesting we'll find out. to One see. One is being shipped to me, and I will find out what kind of differences and compare it to... Frank's coil on his manicore, and I've got three, four in the club, five, I think, got him. Dennis, he's got one, I believe, and double-check it, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it, it certainly... It certainly sounds like it, it would be worth looking into, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens when you get that coil in. If that if you're seeing the results that you should be out of that coil at that point, it's going to be even more interesting to take said coil over a undisclosed location that you've been working with the 900. Yes. I'm going to be testing that it'll be early next week because the rest of this week is wiped out with things that we're running around on so uh might make it on sunday you never know but uh hopefully if it gets in here it will ship today so i'm going to guess it'll be here friday ah nice well then hopefully we'll uh We'll have some feedback shortly. Yeah, yeah. let me know, Dennis. Let us know there on Sunday what you find out. He's going to recheck his. And um, that's cool. So, yeah. That's just uh, one thing I've had going on there. And people buying my East Coast group have ordered several new coils for their GPXs, they're wearing them out. I can understand why. <laughs> well, this is Dennis out there at Mount Pillar. <laughs> and they've got him hunting all over the place, and he's worn out a couple coils, so I get a couple GPX coils out to him. and he goes down there, and they got him on a detector four days a week, eight hours a day. Yeah. Tough job. It's uh, it's real easy to uh, wear them out when you're doing that. Okay. 
Lewis has a question. Yeah, How I just the saw that. Stack up versus the nine hundred. The legend two or the legend, put it that way, versus the nine hundred. Now I've seen a lot of videos and I've ran the legend and the nine hundred. And I think in comparability, the 900 has some advantages over the legend. But as far as operationally speaking, they aren't too far apart. They're both waterproof. They have all the features that you'd ever want on a detector. Absolutely. Wireless. Updatable. Rechargeable. Rechargeable. Now, is there a few nuances in depth and things like that? Awful hard to tell. I don't believe in air testing. I want to see. In the field um, comparison. Yeah, in the field. I want want to see guys using them. Air testing. Some some machines will outdistance anything in the air and are crap in the ground. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and in from from what I've seen and and the people that I had talked to cuz we had done some comparison uh as far as the legend versus the 800 at the time. And the depth was comparable. I think the 800 still kind of eked out a little more depth than the legend but it also depends on on your scenario and everything either way for the price point there there's a lot of features and performance packed into that machine for the price point yes there is i i can't dispute that now very ruggedly each other up in the field i've seen guys doing Head to head with the Deus and the Nuck and the nine hundred and the Oh yeah, yeah. And I've, I haven't seen anyone. You know, I, I you could take a guy with a Simplex and a Xterra Pro that really know their machines over guys that have the upper level ones, and they may do better than you are. It's all about the knowledge and time you put in on your unit, and I totally right. believe that. And understanding what that machine is telling you. I mean, you you could have the best equipment in the world, or, or perceivably the best, debatably the best, because, you know, Ford versus Chevy, things like that. But I just was thinking that's a, yeah, it's the same thing. It's a brand-oriented deal. Right. You could have debatably the best equipment in the world, but if you don't know what that machine is telling you, you're going to have the floor mopped with you by someone with an older machine or someone who has spent more time with their machine because they understand what that machine is doing. Yeah. Yeah. So it all comes down to your, your understanding of what your machine can do what you can eke out of that machine, maybe a little extra as you get along with it better. You, you, you've had a couple of experiences. Well, whoa, I didn't know, huh? And you put it to use and it's produced more and more and more for you and time in the field with it. And right. I don't care if exactly. That, like I told you, 
I don't care if you got a simplex or um, whatever mid to lower range unit, all the way up to the best. If you don't get out and use it and understand it and learn it, then you can find you nothing much more than that cheaper one. But if right. you take the bells and whistles and put them to work, yeah, you can get more. Absolutely. And that is all relative to time spent in the field. Yes. But like you said, you know, it's all that. And our favorite saying, Josh, you're the last form right. of discrimination. Right, you're the final discriminator. Dig, not dig. Yep, that's the only way you're going to know for sure. Get it out of the ground and lay eyes right. on it yourself. That's the only way you're going to know. And Jason, I like the legend. It's a good machine. I like my 900. I love my 800. I sold it, went to the 900, and this 900 is producing just as well. And he'll like his manicure when he gets a working coil. But Frank Juarez is killing it. He is actually loving that machine. And just he got a 1914D Buffalo the other day, which is nice. He buff. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Look at this. And, you know, he's been getting silvers, and he's doing much better, and he's understanding this machine. We've worked with him. John worked with him, and he's like, he's scary now. Yeah, and that's, actually, that's kind of interesting, because, I mean, when it comes to mapping, Frank is a guru. Yep. But the guy struggles to send an email or a text message. So, to wrap his mind around the manicure as fast as he has... Yeah. And evolved as quick as he has with it. That yep. that's a little scary. Yep. I mean, he I'll is definitely getting that dialed in. With programming, yeah, and he's he's doing very well with it. And yes, you know, he is. And ORH loves his AT Max. He does, yep. but there's always a soft spot uh, a soft spot in his heart for the AT Pro. Mm-hmm. I I think he's owned probably more AT Pros over the years than anybody in the chat combined. But yep. hey, you 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 use what works for you. It doesn't matter what you're swinging out there in the field as long as you're out there trying to find the items. At the end of the day, we're all diggers. Doesn't matter if you're wearing a mine lab hat, a Garrett hat, whatever. We're all diggers. Right. And I've got several in the past that, that I truly loved and just were great machines. But the deepest, I think, on silver, silver coins, now I'm talking a coin hunting machine, was the mine lab SE Pro. Yeah, I was going to say, the Explorer SE Pro. Your mind. That thing, you you better be prepared to dig deep. That thing was a, and I sold it. I kind of, I've kicked myself. That's one of the few things I've looked back thinking, that's one I maybe should have held on to longer because that son of a gun really got me some great stuff. You know, I think, uh... Well, I don't know. I know he had been trying to sell it there for a while. I don't know if he ever wound up getting it sold or not. But Jesse, didn't he used to have an SE Pro? I think he, uh, no, he had the SE. Okay. Not the Pro, the SE. Okay. The SE had that old white wideband coil. 
where the SE Pro had the new improved style of coil, which is still carried forward through all the other morphings of the FBS systems. And, uh, but Shelly uh, is in the house. Right. Wow. Welcome aboard, Shelly. Hello, Miss Shelly. And they have an interesting site lined up for Dig It Dudes. That, that's all I can say. Wow. Oh. There was and a. When is that hunt? We should be plugging that. That hunt is actually not this coming weekend, but next weekend. Gosh. And I think they've got, uh, I want to say, 125 maybe attending. Ooh, that's cool. And they did a last-minute venue change. But very, very cool of the, well, understandably so, but uh, very, very cool of that particular property owner to offer up that piece of property uh, for what they're doing. So, yeah, definitely. I guess I I don't want to say a whole lot about it, Justin, because I'm I'm sure they they don't want anybody trying to sneak in there and nighthawk or anything. Because the way it sounds, this this particular piece of property has not been hunted before, and there is quite a bit of history beneath the soil. Right. Right. Well, you know, and. And I'm seeing all the others talk about their go-to machines here. So, that's cool. Oh, yeah. There, there's a lot of... Her site's all gated. Cool. Everybody's, uh, you know, they've, they've got their own personal preferences that they like to go to, whether it's a detector or a pinpointer. Right. And that's and great as long as it works. On a barber and a dollar, a walker on the edge and flat, pick them both up, and that's the way it should be, about a foot. Who did that? Dennis did? Dennis did. Nice. Well, at least we know he's not having any issue. Right. Me, I'll have to dig around for a display case. And... <laughs> Well, eh, not necessarily. I've I've got a uh, I've got a commemorative silver dollar up here on the desk that 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 would fit the bill. There you go. Yeah. There you go. So do we have any great finds to talk about? Anybody find anything good this week they want to share with us? It doesn't sound like it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know either. I don't know either. I know that um, Bill found he he made a find in his mailbox. I sent him some smoking chips, and he got to try those out yesterday. And apparently, he he enjoyed those. The family liked that. Oh, went ahead and sent him a batch of uh, mulberry. Oh, yeah, Fleetwood. 
Yeah, he, he thought that was all right, because right now I've got mulberry kind of coming out of my ears. Oh, not for long, though, not for long. Apparently, there's, uh, there's a gentleman that uh, he must run a rather large offset smoker because he's... Uh, He's looking for probably half of an S10 truckload of mulberry smoking splits. And those are some big chunks when you're talking smoking splits. Uh, I'd like to see his smoker set up. Yeah. Because it sounds like he's got a nice one. And we've got the pirate on board. Oh, Oh, there goes the neighborhood again. Yeah. Oh, listen to you two. We didn't. Uh, we didn't go to a commercial pause while you sprayed. We continued. <laughs> I know you did, and someone's like, "Take your phone." Well, I can't carry a phone and spray and do all that at one at the same time. That's oh, what they no. make shirt pockets for. <laughs> I'm in my jammies out there spraying. Come on. Hmm. Well. Hmm. Okay. Jammies, they, they haven't made jammies with shirt pockets on them. Or maybe they haven't, I just don't have any. Right. Well, that's that's fine, though. That's fine. So, I mean, we really, we really didn't uh, stray too far off topic or anything from where we were when you left. Well, welcome to the Unknown Detectorist. I'm sorry, you know, about your grandpa. Uh, but he did say that you sound like his grandpa. Who does? He's, you. He said the guy on the radio, and that was before Chuck joined you. And so the new name of the show is Pops and Grandpa instead of Beyond Satan Sound. Oh, good grief. There goes the neighborhood. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't. I called it first. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Next thing you know, we're liable to be on an episode of Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, oh my God, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, that's that's my least worn shirt. It got worn once. Right (laughs) for for all of about an hour. Yep. Good golly. Where you been up to, Barb? You making stuff to take to the fall events? Um, hospital, hospital. We're at day, what, 107 today. How's he doing? Um, doing really good. Improving. He just ain't got the okay to walk. Um, so they're trying to transfer him back up to the Continental Divide, which, oh, yeah. Uh, but the insurance denied it. And so I asked the oh. church. Yeah. Uh, but they gave him, uh, the okay to do weight bearing on one foot today. And so we're hoping the appeal will win. Otherwise he's stuck at mission. Cause I just can't bring him mm-hmm. home. He thinks I can, but I don't. I'm like, no. Um, but enough of that. How are you and um, Jill doing, Chuck? Everything is going good. Awesome. Awesome. That's yeah, all I'll say about that. Road, I'll, but it's good. 
Yeah, time on the road, I'll tell you. We we take our wins where we can get them. You want to have some road rage? Come with me and drive on I-40 going to Asheville. (laughs) Oh, no, I I just spent an hour on that. I just spent an hour and a half last night on the phone trying to make it through seven miles of I-10 in California. Oh, so, God, I'm sorry. Yeah, that, that was, uh, that was, uh, that was, that was not a pleasurable time. <laughs> no, it isn't. And so I just want him to go somewhere. But um, a lot of people talking about the AT Pro. And I can tell you, I started with the 350. You know, as a newbie over nine years ago, and I wish I had started like 50 years earlier, but uh, the AT Pro and the 350, the, I found more rings with my 350 and my AT Pro, but needless to say, you know, I hit parks that probably hadn't been metal detected ever or in a long time, um, but I, I really want a D2. Or a manicure. I don't know which one. I I just don't know. Um, everybody that has a D2 loves it. Everybody that has a manicure loves it. I don't know too many people that have tried both of them to say which one's better. Um, I love my Nox 800, but of course, Whoa. you know, I, I trash my stock coil and... I was going to get a new one, but that's 200 I could put to a new detector. That's, that's why I think the D2 would be a better fit for you, because there's no coil cable to drag halfway across the state. I did drive. I only dragged 30 miles to work. Let's be clear on that. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it was probably the voodoo of the tribe, you know. It probably happened when I hit the reservation. Well, and um, and I'll tell you, you being a Deus user, what I have seen of Deus users that have went from the Deus, whether it was the first gen, the X thirty five, or what, over to the D two, there was a minimal transition time, and their find quality jumped and it you know the the d2 i've had it longer than the Knox. i mean it's got some age on it i let's see i used the 350 for maybe six months when i bought the at pro with my tax return and then i think the next year i bought my gpx yeah, you've been on that dais six, seven years. And then I bought the dais. So, yeah, I got six, seven years in it. And look at what I found at the lumber company with it. Yeah, the Blackwood is, Lumber Tokens. I mean, that is hot, hot, hot red clay soil. And, yeah, I found the big $5 payday with the AT Pro, but I did it because I thought it was a can. But... I hunted that with the AT Pro for a year or two and then went back with the Deus and was just pulling tokens right and left. Um, I think the D2, the Deus, it's 
one is I understand it and can change my settings easier than the Knox. The Knox is a little confusing to me. Well, and that's relative to time spent with the machine. I mean, the the user interface of the Knox is is not necessarily all that terribly difficult to navigate once you get the hang of it and you're comfortable with it. Where which with the Deus, you're very comfortable with it. You're you're very fluent with it. Yeah, what's bad is when you do an upgrade and you forget how you did things. Putting in your <laughs> right, putting the programs back in. Yeah. in I can put a program in in like two seconds on it. It was I had to pull out the Deus book by Andy uh, Savage to figure out how to put my tone breaks in, mm-hmm. and I put them in wrong the first time, and I was like, "Whoa, this just doesn't sound right." Right. I came home. And I just messed everything up. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. came home, and, and and so you know, till you learn how. To, and I can tell you, I probably know the the dais better because of Andy's book. Yes. That yeah. Is, absolutely. You know, he he breaks that down nicely because that that little unit there can be confusing. It can be, and I. I, I I can't say for certain, but it looks to me like the the redesign of the remote on the D2, it's much more intuitive, uh, it's more tactile, so I would think it would be easier to change your settings on the D2 than it is the Deus. I'm sure Bill Hayes could probably chime in in the chat. I think he's got a D2. Yeah, I know he does. Well, the D2 actually... The, you know what I call the brain. Uh, it it's it looks much better built than the D one. I agree, and I can say that because I've sent the D one back two or three times because exactly. one of my buttons would go bad, and right. thank God Mo Mo was still working at the place in Massachusetts. Um, that he finally just replaced the whole interface and knock on wood, no problem since. Yeah, it was a real shame to see him retire. I know. I I caught him the last time, like, when I talked to him, he's like, yeah, I'm going into semi-retirement. I'm only going to be working part-time. And I'm like, well, fix my machine before you retire. And he did. You know, and that was probably one of my favorite shows was having Mo on the show. That guy was so nervous before the show, but once we got him relaxed, he had a wealth of information about the dais. Oh, I I want to tell you, I've talked to him numerous times, because like you said, I've had my dais probably seven years at Uh least, and... I could call him and tell what was going on, and he's like, of course, the first time, I only had it a couple months, so it was send me the whole machine. Right. Uh, Actually, no, just the coil in the brain. He's like, keep the shaft and all that. Mm -hmm. And the next time, he's like, just send the brain. And I think the third time I sent it, he was like, we're just replacing the whole dang thing because I'm retiring, and you've sent this too many times. 
Well, and that's that was the thing with Mo. I mean, when when you would send your Deus in, you know, you or any other Deus user, that's the guy that was dealing with it. That's the guy that was taking care of it. I don't know who oversees all that now that Mo's retired. But yeah, great guy. Uh, and and I can tell you, he would call you back and go. I'd go. Oh. That's Boston. I'd answer it. And he'd say, hey, it's Mo. I just put your machine back in the mail today. You'll have it in two days. You know, I just mm-hmm. emailed you your tracking number. I mean, he was the bomb. I mean, uh, a ton of wealth. Oh, yeah. I mean, I there have been people that uh, because that. That episode with Mo actually got carried over to the uh, Ohio Metal Detecting YouTube channel. And there were people on YouTube that they will not sit down and watch or listen to a video that is that long. And I can't tell you how many times I was contacted by people going, not only did I sit down and listen to it or cleaned house while I was listening to it, I did it multiple times because there was a ton of information about Deus. Yep, and and Andy's right up there with Mo, you know. I Absolutely, mean, and we've had Connecticut Todd on the show about the Deus too, and and oh, oh, oh. he's a wealth now, of see, information too. Now, CT Todd is my man because. I wasn't finding much at the lumber company, and if you go to his page, his website, um, he has numerous settings for the Deus, the Knox, and I think maybe the E-Track and a couple other things. And so I wiggled my Deus one with his settings, and they're my go-to settings. They, they work beautiful here in the mountains. And um, every now and then I'll change frequencies just because, you know, you're going to miss something in one frequency that you might find in another one. Uh, But no, those three are the go-to guys. I mean, they're, you know, just so full of knowledge. Oh, yeah. And, And Todd has helped Andy on many of his boot camps. Oh, I am sure. I would love to do one of their boot camps just to meet them, you know. Right. Yeah. Well, and and Chuck can attest, you know, Andy's yeah. uh he he's definitely a uh a very informed gentleman and quite the uh quite the character to meet, too. Yes. I I get I get a charge out of him. I've done boot camp with him. <laughs> helped him on the thirty thirty and I had a lot of fun doing that one and uh out there and you always learn from him and we bounce things back and forth off each other and uh he's a great guy to work with. Right. And, and he so makes the book so very understandable. Oh yeah, he does. Except there was I got lost in the book a little bit on the Deus, and I've got another book of his too. I think on the Knox. I'm not sure. Now the probably GPX, yeah. I mean he's he's got a number of them out there. I've got a number of his books. They're always very well done. 
The GPX I've come to know because I've had it maybe six years, seven years. Well, you just got, yeah, that would be about right. Because you just had the battery issue out there at DIV. Right. Oh, God. I'm on number Uh, one. The cable. Yeah, I'm on my fourth cable now. Yeah. Now, I've got got somebody that uh, repairs cables. So, and I got another friend that repairs uh, headphones. So, they're all going to DIV in November, and I'm just going to hand them out and say, just charge me whatever, just fix all this. So, I have three spare freaking cords. Right. But I can tell you, the service at DIV, if you have a GPX and something goes bad, it's like one phone call. That's the place for it to happen, because they they know their PI units. And I can tell you... The, the first one that went, I had to send the whole machine because it was brand new, under warranty. It was like the third time I used it. The other two times was in my test garden. And at my first hunt with it, it just went dead. And You didn't drag that it. one down the road, did you? Nope. Nope. Okay. Did not. All right. And we got it going, and I can tell you, I never shut the dang thing off. <laughs> I don't care if I had to walk uh, 200 yards to go to the bathroom. I left my machine right out in the field running. It's like, I'm not shutting it off. Uh, the second time it went, I PM'd uh, Keith Lupert, who now is not in the business. He sold, uh, oh God, I can't think of his business name. Uh, but he's the one that comes to DIV. He sold it to John Page, uh, Fort Metal Detectors, Fort Bedford. Fort Bedford. Fort Metal Detectors. And I PM'd him, and he's like, take a picture of your, uh, your serial number, and I did, and sent it to him via text, and... Two minutes later, he's like, I just checked. It's under warranty. Come over to room, blah, 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 and handed me a $50 power cord for free. Nice. Good deal. And so I need to get my dig on. I, I need to go <coughs> to Virginia. And I got, what, eight, nine, ten, less than three months. Well, you're getting there day by day. Yeah. So if one, I need one day at a, a babysitter for my husband, do I have any like um, takers? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> you know, Colin has such an interesting past and accent and stories and everything that I'm sure it would be just an absolute blast to sit and talk with him for a week, but. I just don't think that works so well for me. Kelly says you bust detectors and drive people to retire. (laughs) Uh, That's all right. Don't feel bad, Barb. I do the same thing with doctors. I've forced half a dozen of them into retirement. 
Yeah, well, Colin is interesting because he's actually a citizen of Spain and the United States because he was born in Spain on a base, an Air Force base. Oh. And uh, his mother is from That's England. That's even more interesting uh, since he does not have a Spanish accent. Yeah, well, he wasn't, you know, he was born there and then they moved God knows where. Right, um, yeah. I mean, I was and, born in a barn, but I don't have the accent. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I've already decided. I, actually, I need to thank some people because one of my DIVers actually paid for my trip, my entrance fee um, to DIV in November. And John and Rose, who run Digging in Virginia, paid for my hotel room. So nice. basically, it's costing me gas and food. And my driver was like, they had an auction for us and raised over $4,000, which built our ramp uh, for when Colin was, comes home. That was a sharp looking ramp and deck. Yeah, it costs uh, just over five grand. And so they paid for the majority of it. And That's not bad for what you had done. Yeah, it was fifty three hundred, and they had to zigzag, zigzag because of it's up to code. Right, the uh, switch back. Yeah, otherwise it would have been all the way down my driveway because my driveway slopes. Exactly. Um, and so my driver was like, "I didn't get in on the auction they had to raise money for you." I said, "So you're buying me dinner one night?" And he's like, "Okay." So I got a free dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Barb. Hey, uh, well, no, Mark and I, Mark is like my BFF of metal detecting buddies. Um, <clears throat> I PM'd him a couple weeks ago. I said, I'm just having a breakdown. Can you call me? And we chatted and, you know, uh, but he's he, he is someone you should have on this show because. I'm always I, looking for guests. He until he bought the Manicore, like he got it at the beginning of the year. Uh, him and Dale both got one. Mark lives in um, Northern Virginia, so he's above Culpeper. I forget what county. He has never used any other detector but the GPX until he got his Manicore. Okay. He tried out uh, the new Garrett PI machine. The Axion. Yeah. Uh, actually, John Page gave him one to do a review, and he basically told me it stunk. Uh, well, it does all right in gold country. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we're talking Civil War, and it's a site they hunt all the time. And so they've hunted it with the GPX. So he took it one day out all day and used it and then took the Manicore out another day and found more with the Manicore than he did with the Axiom. Now, you know, they're both new machines to him. <clears throat> How much he knew about each machine, I don't know. Uh, but when it comes to the GPX... He's 
he's younger than me, but not by much. And I think he's been hunting 20, 30 years, and he's used the GPX as his go-to machine. Well, that's understandable for the area of the country that he's in. Yeah. Yeah. But and, uh, you can always feel free to tell him, send me a message, and we'll get him on the show if he's inclined to do so. And he's a really nice guy. I will. Uh and, and he will help anyone. He actually, a year ago, um, they, him and Kim Cox gave a GPX boot camp the night before our first day hunting at the Best Western. Now, and, I got to know, when was this? Uh, last year? It was last year. So I want to say so, a year ago, March. When When they did the boot camp, just for demonstration purposes, did they have you come in and, and tell everybody what a gold coin sounds like under the GPX coil? No, I hadn't found it yet. Oh. And, and so I maybe think next it was year. that hunt. I think they gave that, it was either that hunt or the hunt before that they did the boot camp. But I want to say it was that hunt. And they went over uh, settings and what to change. You know, and there are people like, I'm never going to remember this. I mean, there are people that brought pen and paper and were writing things down. And Mark's like, here's my phone number. Put in your phone, text me, and I'll text you the settings. And he sent see, settings down on how many people. See, now that that's very cool of of him to take the... Not only to take the time to to do that little demonstration for everybody, but then to take the time after the fact with trying to communicate with everyone through text message or whatever that that may have forgotten something or or wanted to know what the settings were again, things of that nature. Because it it can yeah. I know it can eat up a lot of time. I and so does Chuck. I, Good grief. Yeah. Uh, he helped people for hours with machines and settings at DTH. And, yeah. and what, he tried, what he tried to do was, you know, the GPX is a little more complicated because you've got your front and your back settings. Right. And, and so trying, you know, when you have people, there were a lot of people that have been to numerous DIVs there and they didn't do a garden or anything. It was just, let's all hang out and talk about the GPX and tell you what these settings are and how you should be running them because there's so many of them. Right. You know, when you, there, there's one, two, three, I think six on the front and there's, when you scroll through the back, there's probably 15. I don't know. There, There's so many. Uh, and, see, and, been, yeah. and now you know why I never really was all gung-ho on Bliss Tool. No, Bliss Tool was... Ooh. Anyway, Barb, you got a uh, 5,000? Uh, uh, no, a 4,500. 4,500. That's the one I hunted with the most on the East Coast was 4,500. And actually, and did well the difference was it? between the 4500 and the 5000 negligible for the use that you got it in. I bought mine brand new. Yep. 
and I, I love it. And if it. I remember and, right, you had gotten yours brand new right after the 5000 was released, so you got the price drop. Yes, I did. Uh, I actually wheeled and dealed because I posted on Digging Virginia. <laughs> I had the money. I was getting I remember that. My- on my tax return, and I was looking for a GPX, and <clears throat> somebody I'm no longer friends with uh, sent me a price, and somebody else PM'd me who I did not know going, I can sell it to you today for this much. And so I went back to my ex-friend and said, uh, sorry, but I got somebody giving it to me for this price, so you either come down or I'm going with them. And they were like, well, who is it? I said, it's irrelevant. You either trust me or you don't. And he came down, and so I bought it from him. I mean, I wasn't trying to, you know, play people against each other. I'm like, you want the sale or not, I can go elsewhere. Well, and and for a GPX, that's that's a salty price tag. So you you just try to get the best deal you can. Yeah, I paid $21.50 for mine, and it that point they were going for about 2500 wow not bad and oh yeah when you look at a new gpx for 6000 they want 6000 mm. i'm like yeah that that'll never happen or a gpz yeah it'll never happen so i my baby will go back to the factory every time something happens and I'll go. pay a hundred, two hundred dollars before I buy a, no- a new one. Right, understandable. Right. Well, and and it has. It's made a lot of good finds for you. Well, the the five thousand is going to be there to stay for a while. Okay. Uh, plain and simple. Uh, yeah, they're not facing it out. Everybody's going to step up to a seven thousand or six thousand. Yeah. And, and then there are those who want a relic hunt heavily, and those. 5,000s, 48s, and 4,500s prove themselves on these staples. Yeah. But, I mean, the GPX, it really isn't hard to learn what you understand which, what each set means. And, I mean, I, I only use it twice a year. I mean, that's it. Jason's but, trying to tell you if you buy a new one right now, you get a free detector. Yeah, they got a promo out there. If you buy a 7000 you get a free 1000 Okay, no thanks. <laughs> I don't know anybody. You're not jumping right on that? 7000 out at DIV? To, to, to me, you know what? Don't give me a free detector. Take that price off of the price and and be fair. Right, you can only run one of them at a time anyway. Exactly. And, you know, in November we're going to Beauregard Farm, which is like right on the edge of Brandy Station Battle. And it's hot. And there's a lot of new people going, and I hope they're not disappointed. Um, We've had a lot of deuses come the last time but you know when you're way outside Culpeper we were in Warrington uh, it's not as hot out yeah it's not as hot and so the D1s and the Manicures did find some stuff 
And I can tell you, I took my knocks out because my GPX, I flipped one switch and I didn't know I flipped it. So I thought something was wrong with my machine. I was getting like this woo 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 interference. <laughs> and I thought it was from I thought it was from the electric fences because that's what an electric fence sounds on the GPX. It'll go woo 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 woo. And How's that go? So <laughs> I finally I finally threw the GPX in the car and pulled out my Knox and I did find this huge Sabbath with it, but I nice. barely heard it. I barely heard it but, and it was like Yeah, see that that's the thing. You you found a Sabbath with it, but look at the size of Target. It, yeah, it's huge. It's like four inches by two inches. Uh-huh. And it was like eight inches, six to eight inches down. And I only heard a squeak. And I mean, it was like a, eh, and that was it. And I was like, oh, well, dig it, yeah. you know. And in that something. hot of ground running the stock coil, you were you were not doing bad for depth. Right. No, with the Knox, I had the big coil. Oh, I didn't realize you had a 15 on the Knox. Yeah, I had bought, when I bought my Knox from Chuck, I bought the stock with the big one. So I was running that big coil, which I'll tell you, swinging that, buddy. Oh, baby. (laughs) Try try the 17 inch on the CTX. Uh, Charcoal grill. Uh,. You see those trash can lids they swing on the GPX? I asked the guy, can I I swing that for like 10 seconds while you dig? And he looked at me. I said, I just want to see if I can handle it. And I gave it two swings. I went, nope, can't handle it. Every... I did a uh, review video on the uh, Detecting Pal with the CTX and the 17-inch coil. And that was, I would use it occasionally for that. But every time I ran the CTX with a 17-inch coil, there were reports of UFO sightings. So (laughs) I I had to quit running it. Now, I can tell you, I have used my AT Pro, my uh, Knox 800, and my Deus 1 on the beach and I love my Knox on the beach better than anything. The Knox is a killer machine on the beach, and there is a reason it, why it's a killer machine on the beach compared to the Deus or your AT Pro, because that's the advantage of simultaneous multi-frequency. And I'm going to tell you what. <clears throat> when I go home, people... My mother's like, did you? Because I I refuse to leave my machines in my car. I put them in her breezeway, and right. so they're lined up on the wall. And she's like, did you need to bring so many? And I'm like, well, yeah. If I go to the park, I'm going to take my dais. Right. If, if I, I go, go here, beach, if I go there, <laughs> if I go to the beach, the Knox. Well, I I never leave home with just one machine. Don't do that. Uh, no. Never. No. Do that. Never. Not when uh, you're traveling that distance. Exactly. <laughs> and so I'm like, uh, 
Well, Mom, that's my beach machine. That's my park machine. That's my if all else fails machine. And, you know, uh, and I know guys, you know, like Mark, he only takes his GPX. And I'm like, I always have two machines with me. And mm-hmm. lately, it I used to take my Deus. Now I take my Knox because it's got a bigger coil. And he's like, why do you bring both machines? I said, you ever had a machine fail out here? He's like, no. I'm like, well, I have. My Knox, my GPX has failed not once, not twice, but three times at, at DIV. Yeah. And instead of sitting <clears throat> on the tailgate, I throw it in the ta- in the trunk and grab the other machine. Yeah, I only found one bullet in six hours with the Deus. But, but I didn't finding the something is better than finding nothing because your machine broke. Yeah, I only had my Deus a couple months, so I didn't know it, and I tried numerous settings, but I finally found a bullet, and I'm like, at least walking the fields and talking with people, and hey, I found the bullet was better than nothing on day one, you know? Right. It beats kicking dirt. That was the day the guy dug. 990-something shalers. I remember uh, that. That was three, a heck of a find. Three feet down. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had somebody holding him at the waist as he pulled bullets out of that hall. Oh, yeah, and, I saw the video. And I had just switched over to my dais because the GPX bit it. And so... When you see 10 people standing around, I was like, what's going on? And I look at the pile of bullets and was like, good day, huh? <laughs> <laughs> You're going, good Lord. At a, at $125 a piece, because they were all whole with, you know, uh-huh. they were whole bullets. And they figured that the shale was a great idea that was a wrong, bad idea. Uh and I think once the troops realized how bad an idea it was, they basically had blown off yeah. a couple. Good and idea, so, bad application. And so it was almost a case. A case had a thousand bullets in it, and there was 990 something. Yeah, he was wow. a happy camper. I remember that. That was quite defined because I, I, I got over there. You were there, Barb, when I come down the hill, and they were digging wildly. Yep, there was three of them just digging away, and I was like, that's the find of a lifetime. Um, well, you never but, know, though. The $125 bullet dropped for each one that came out of the hole. Right, yeah, flooding the market. Yeah, well, he didn't. Had more than it could bear there. Actually, what he did was the next DIV, somebody made him a special case, and it was five feet by five feet. And all of those 990 something bullets were in that case. And it took about eight guys to carry it in on the back of a pickup <laughs> yeah, truck. Yeah, I was going to say, you need a truck to move it. It was on the back of a truck, and eight guys carried that huge case in with those 
almost thousand yeah. bullets. Three men, a boy, and a beast to get it on the table. And a yep. specially constructed table to hold it. <laughs> it was it was amazing. So he didn't flood the market. He actually I think he was did that to put it in a museum. Well, that's cool. Very cool. Well, I'm going to back out of here, guys. We'll uh, catch up with you maybe on Sunday. Barb, get your your buddy there to uh, hook up and get on the show. I will. I will talk to Mark, and I will uh, shame him. We'll grill him about uh, Civil War relic hunting, pulse induction machines, and DIVs. Oh, and I don't know how many plates the dude has found. He just posted on... Uh, Virginia Diggers and OVM, I think, that he found. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So, I'm pretty sure that's what he found because uh, it was O week over there. And he also had, I think, a Bit Boss with OVM on it. So, I mean, he's been doing this for years. And, he, and he's we definitely to- got some to be proud of. Oh, honey, we were at Beauregard, I don't know, two, three years ago, and we went to the Massachusetts Hill, and I'm digging a bullet not 20, 30 feet from him, and he goes, hey, Barb, and screams at me because I'm deaf, and I look up, (laughs) and he pulls a freaking Civil War bottle out of the pit he's digging, and I I said some not-so-nice words to him. And went back to digging. And then he screams at me again. He actually texted me. And I go to my phone, and it's like, look up. And I look up, and he pulls a U.S. plate out of the freaking hole. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like. I like you. I'm like, Mark, I hate you. And <laughs> we cuss at each other. We're really good buddies. We cuss. And when I got the gold coin, the first, after I screamed and yelled like a little girl, and somebody came and said, what do you got? Because I haven't picked it up. It's on the ground. And I said, hold on. And I'm shaking, taking a picture. And I texted it to him and went, bam, baby. Because that's the one thing he hasn't found. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so he has me beat in every Civil War category except the gold coin. There you go. Uh, there you you go. found your niche. Yep. <laughs> all right. Well, I love y'all, and I'll let you go. And there, bub, and we'll we'll chat, Barb. Okay. All right, honey. All right. Everybody have a good night. Thanks for having me on, Josh. Everybody be safe out there. Uh, go out and dig something good this week. I need to see some right. Some dig a bucket lister. All right. As Phil would like to tell everybody. Yes, sir. Have a good bye-bye. We'll see you. Thanks for the call, Chuck. So, um, things obviously uh, have been all over the place uh, for me as well as Chuck. Good to... uh, Get back together, have a little chat. Good show tonight. Good to see everybody in the chat. 
Good to see that Ohio Relic Hunter enjoyed his smoking chips. I'm telling you what, if if you don't follow his timeline, you probably should, especially if you're into smoking food. And if you did not see his post uh, yesterday with the chicken legs, check it out. Uh, it looks like they turned out great. I mean, Facebook wants a million dollar idea. Figure out how to put the aroma to the picture. <laughs> and that would be something else. But uh yeah, it's 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 been it's been grand. Uh certainly glad to see the bill like the chips. Uh who knows? Maybe maybe it'll be one of his uh regular flavors or something. I heck, I don't know. Maybe I'll have to send him another box in the future. Uh gotta keep him in stock. Yeah. So, the Bortners are excited about Dig It Dude. They are looking forward to making the trip. We are still, uh, we're still in communication trying to figure out, uh, logistically how we're all going to try to meet up and everything when they stroll through Ohio. And we'll see how that goes, and... Who knows? Maybe there'll be some uh, photos posted up or something. I don't know. I'm I'm sure there'll be some photos posted up. Tim's always got a camera. Uh, until the next one, I think we're going to roll on out of here, too. Uh, got tomatoes to check. You know, killer Romas. Actually, I found a Roma on the vine today that... Uh, Looks like it's going to be bigger than, than any of them that have come off the vine yet. So it'll be interesting to see. Until the next one, get out there and dig if you can. Dig a bucket lister if you can. Post up those photos. You know how we love to see them. We are out of here. Have a wonderful evening.